here we go. Welcome to the Nine Rap Fantasy Football Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back into the Nine Route Fantasy Football Podcast. Pat and Scott, we are going into our week 16 starts and sits. Getting down to the nitty gritty, folks. Uh, the holidays are here. The first day of Hanukkah was yesterday. Christmas is the following Sunday. You know, we got a lot going on uh, for the holiday season. So hopefully we give you some some gifts uh, <laughs> that we like to hand out with our start sit picks just to kind of give you that idea of maybe somebody, you know, if you have two good players at a position and you're not sure which quarterback should I go with based on the matchup, should I do Tom Brady? Should I do Geno Smith? Uh, and then there's that friendly little competition between the two of us as far as our head-to-head concepts where, again, we are uh, always being competitive uh, on our own level in, in a friendly way, just like we are in fantasy football. Before we get started, we just want to thank everybody for listening to us. Uh, please Continue to like and subscribe. Go to Apple Podcast, Podbean, YouTube. Uh, again, subscribe to the channel. Download some of the podcast. You can always give us a heads up and drop us a line. You can email us at the nine route ffb at gmail.com. You can go to our website with links to all the socials, www.thenineroutefb.com. On Twitter, we are at the nine route one. I myself am at Scott from Delco. Again, you want to shoot the breeze during a game, talk about how horrible my call was, how great Pat's was, you know, and, and hopefully either way we helped you out. Feel free to do it. We'd like to know that the community out there is, is interacting with us, uh, listening to us and, and helping us, uh, you know, keep this thing rolling. Speaking of which, Pat, you want to get started? Uh, how did we do this week? How did I do? You do head to head. Where are we at? So this week was uh, a good week for you. Uh, you went six and four on your Starts and sits. You had uh, three starts, three sits, correct? I absolutely blew my starts this week, so hopefully you did not take any of my advice on <laughs> starts this week. The old uh, Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell was not even a close contest. I think Campbell had one catch in that game, which, you know, if he had maybe two or three more, maybe the Colts wouldn't have lost a 33-point lead, but who knows. But uh, I went four and six on the week. But in our head-to-heads, we ended up five and five, just due to the fact that you know even some of the ones that either of us got right or wrong were you know a little bit better or worse than the other. So the overall is I'm still up by seven seventy-seven to seventy. We have three draws in there as well, and uh, you didn't gain any ground on me this week. So what we got we got sixteen, sixteen, seventeen. You got three weeks left to make up seven. That's going to be tough, man. That's that's more than two a week you got to get on me. So, Yeah. Well, you take these layups, you know, when, when it comes to making <laughs> picks. Like, I'm looking and like, come on, man. I'm not going to spoil it. But your running back pick is like, come on. Like, yeah, I'm going to put my neck out there. Now, I, on the other hand, am an idiot and will do just that. I will, I will make some star my sit. And it's not a sit. It's a fade. But, you know, it counts against me in the court of court of law which is our scoring system so yeah just keep it going but i did win this week so i guess i get the uh yes i won the coin toss we tied but you had that you had more right than i did as far as the start set so yes you are you are up and for the record i i I don't think my running back is by any means a layup uh he was not started in over 80 percent of leagues last week so uh i don't know if you guys can figure out who that is but uh 
I guarantee he will be started in more this week, but uh, I, I would not consider him a layup. I still think that he is a flex option at best, and I don't expect him to to do what he did last week. So I we'll get there. He's, I we'll think there. there's a league winner uh, Could be. For, for somebody out there. And down the road, I think you'll see that he's going to be like an RB. He'll be like RB5 because, you know, it's just time yeah, that good of an end of the season because – Hey man, hey Kansas City, you know. Oh, oh don't want to spoil it. Oh, didn't say it. Gave it didn't, away. Didn't no, no, no. Didn't, didn't, didn't. Pat Mahomes. It's Eric. Clyde Edwards-Helaire. It's fine. It is. He's coming back from the dead. He's like the Undertaker. Yeah, just a bong. All right. All right. So uh, you're you? gonna go first then? No, 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 no. Oh, no, no. I, I will take the ball in the second half, sir. Yeah, yeah. You, you like doing that? Start it. All right, so I'll start then. I am going to start with my start of the week at quarterback, and that's going to be Tom Brady versus the Arizona Cardinals. Brady hasn't looked like himself at all this season. He's uh, QB 15 on the season so far, which is... Physically either, but... (laughs) He hasn't had a game over 26 fantasy points in the entire season. He finally uh, had a three-touchdown game for the first time all year against the Bengals on Sunday. But unfortunately for Brady and the Bucks, he undid all those fantasy points with four turnovers. He had two interceptions, two fumbles lost. Fortunately, however, the Saints beat the Falcons and the Panthers lost to Pittsburgh. So the Bucks are still the division leader in the NFC South somehow at six and eight. And this week they get to go to Arizona and play a Cardinals defense on Christmas night that has given up the most points in the NFL so far, uh, 348. They're the third worst as far as giving up touchdown passes. They give, they've given up 24 touchdown passes so far. They also haven't been able to get much pressure on the quarterback this season. They rank fifth worst in sacks with just 24 and 10th worst in total takeaways with just 15. Plus the fact that Brady had such a bad half versus the Bengals. You know he's going to come out ready to go on Sunday night. This is your Christmas gift. Merry Christmas, Brady owners. I think you've definitely got something under the tree for you. Uh, on Christmas night with Tom Brady, if you are willing to take a risk and start him versus the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, and it's hard to believe that you are taking a risk starting Tom Brady, but <laughs> yes, no, I, I know what you're saying. You and, figured and, it would be the layup, right? Uh, no, no, he's not. That's not a layup. No, uh, that's actually making me change something here on the fly as we speak, which I kind of was leaning towards, but I didn't, eh, I wasn't sure, but now, I'm just going to piggyback in and steal points. So that's fine. All right. Uh, my, oh, come on. Stop. Be nice. My QB start of the week is Geno Smith. Uh, I know some people might be down on him after that Thursday night game that he just had, you know, against the San Francisco 49ers. And it was his first stinker in a while. Overall this season, he is QB five. Last four weeks, he's, he's slipped a tiny bit, and again, that game has a little bit of a factor. Combined against the San Francisco 49ers, you're looking at 22.4 points in both games combined. So again, that defense shows its muscle, uh, and that offense did struggle. You lost tail, uh, Tyler Lockett, all that stuff. But again, hadn't put up a stinker since week seven. Uh, has had 23 or more points in every game except for week 11 when they were off for a bye week. That team is looking for a playoff push, and they get the Kansas City Chiefs on Saturday. Is a defense that has just, you know, they they don't care about giving up the points because they feel like they can outscore you. 
Kansas City, against the quarterback the last four weeks, is the fourth worst. Overall in the season, they're the third worst. Uh, the Tyler Lockett thing could have a small factor, but like we said with Marquise Goodwin, uh, you might see DK Metcalf have a game for the ages. I, I definitely feel like Geno Smith has a legitimate top 10, if not top five QB potential for this week, because uh, they just have to do everything they can to get into the playoffs. Geno Smith, quarterback, start of the week. So uh, just all of this and, uh, you know, us being Philly fans and, and native to the area, we're going to have uh, Pat Mahomes against Geno Smith this week in that game. So, oh, God, uh, yes. The old uh, Pats versus Geno's debate for any, anybody listening out there who, uh, you know, frequents the Philadelphia area knows the, the Pats-Geno's debate. So we might have to throw something on Twitter and get a little poll going here. Pats versus Geno's for the old uh, Seahawks-Kansas City Chiefs game. Uh, a little a little whiz wit all about that. <laughs> I know you're a Pats guy. I'm, I'm a Pats guy, too. I can't... Uh, you know, besmirch the name uh, on this one, even though I think both of their cheese you are, are what you eat. Good. Yes, <laughs> that's true. Uh, before we get into running backs, just want to give you a couple other streaming options. If uh, Brady and Geno Smith are not available, uh, Geno Smith's actually, a, a, I think, a top 10 quarterback <laughs> for this year. So he's probably not available like on waiver wires or anything like that. Brady might be. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has a good matchup versus Miami this week. Jared Goff versus the Carolina Panthers. And if you are really digging in the bottom of the barrel, Davis Mills has a really good matchup versus the Tennessee Titans as well. Getting into my running back start of the week, I am going to stick in that Kansas City-Seattle game. And this is the layup that that we were talking about. And it does seem like a layup after the last two weeks. But there are still plenty of people out there who are going to be afraid to play Jarek McKinnon this week. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be the RB1 overall again this week, but he has sort of taken over as the lead back in one of the league's best offenses. And in a game where both teams should be able to score, I just want pieces of this game, especially pieces of the Chiefs passing game. McKinnon isn't just a passing specialist, though. He's actually averaging eight carries per game over the last three weeks as well. And like I talked about in our last episode, if you remember the playoffs last year, the Chiefs turned to McKinnon and sort of used him. Uh, you know, I think he was getting over 60, uh, 66% of the snaps, over two-thirds of the snaps last year in the playoffs. And he produced uh, extremely well. And I, I think we're coming down the stretch where, you know, Andy Reid knows what he's getting from him. He trusts him. Mahomes trusts him. Uh, I, I just think that, you know, he's going to continue to be a really big part of this offense. And, you know, I think that you can absolutely start him with confidence pretty much for the rest of the playoffs, but especially against the Seattle defense that's giving up a ton of points to running backs. Uh, again, league winner, Jarek McKinnon. Um, yes, yeah, that was, that was a stretch. I'm sure you thought uh, you'd be saying that at the beginning of the season. Uh, yeah, of course. He plays for Kansas City. That's what they do. They run the football. Oh, uh, wait, never mind. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, it is what it is. Go figure. This has been, this has been a weird year. Uh, again, injuries have been a factor, but yeah, there's been some, some highs and lows from people that I, I don't think anybody maybe expected. So my running back is start of the week again, maybe not a stretch at the beginning of the season, but during stretches of the season, a lot of people questioned if this guy was going to be fantasy relevant almost to a point, but has kind of come on lately. And it's Najee Harris. Uh, I was a truther. I thought, I thought he was going to do way, way, way more than than he has produced. Um, again, we knew the offensive line was suspect. You had Mitch Trubisky, 
wasn't really looking too forward to that, but kind of thought between that or a Kenny Pickett, you could play off of it, you know, and, and see what happens there. And, and Harris would just get the, the bulk of the work like he did in his rookie year. Uh, there was a Liz Frank injury that was kind of downplayed during training camp. That probably had a little bit of an effect on things. Uh, finally had a breakout game in week 11 against Cincinnati, albeit in a loss where he put up in our league of record uh, 27.6 points. And has consistently been double digits since. I uh, just had a nice game this week. 24 carries, 86 yards, and a touchdown. That was all on the ground. There was no PPR involved. So it does show you, albeit against Carolina, that maybe, pardon the expression, finding his footing. Uh, gets a nice matchup this week against the Las Vegas Raiders. That is Christmas Eve night. That'll be the last game unless things get flexed. Uh, I think Harris stands a chance to put up solid numbers, maybe a little bit more like the Cincinnati concept. And again, if they're looking to run the football with him and it maybe does get a little PPR action, that touchdown factors in. Uh, I really like the matchup and I really think the player has finally maybe turned the corner, possibly from injury. Uh, and I'm not ready to give up on him. So Najee Harris, uh, again, for those of you that had given up, get him back in your lineup. He's your start of the week at running back. What if I traded him? Can I, can I get him back now or is it too late? Uh, depending on your league. Uh, if not, <laughs> you may have to wait till next year, eat crow and dump some picks to get him back and you know, <laughs> basically apologize. You know, I, no, I was, you know, it was him and it was Kyle Pitts were guys I was high on Damian Pierce. So between injuries and, and just lackluster play and, and disappearing acts overall, it's been, it's been a tough year for me fantasy wise where, you know, I went with my gut more than, my brain, which, you know, has got me so far through life, you know, I guess I'm still going, I'm breathing. So I'm, I'm doing right by that. But <laughs> yeah, no, Pat, if you, I mean, to move off them, depending on what you got, that's where you really have to weigh it out. If you traded them and got, you know, let's say somebody traded you a first and a third for them, something like that. And, you know, they, they saw the value there and they didn't mind dumping the picks for a playoff run. If that first and third turns out to be you know, best rookie running back coming out. I know they're talking about Bijan Robinson out of Texas, or again, you flip those picks to get something. At the end, it's really what you end up having on paper in front of you. So it could be worth it that you traded them, or you could have some uh, seller's remorse, definitely. I didn't get anything that good for him. I, I traded him for, uh, I want to say I traded him for Christian Kirk straight up uh, back, you know, when Kirk was killing it and Harris wasn't doing so well. And uh, uh, now, I, now I almost wish I had Zay Jones instead <laughs> after it, the couple weeks he's had. Recreational marijuana is legal in the gym, <laughs> by the way, just so we uh, we get that out there. Well, at the time, it was a good trade. We talked about it on the podcast, and you agreed with me. So, uh, you know, uh, you were like, yeah, if you got to get rid of him, you got to get rid of him. But, you know, I, like I said, I'm still in the playoffs in that league. So uh, whatever moves I made have gotten me this far, so I'm not going to complain. Uh, let's move on to the wide receiver starts of the week. I am going to go with Darius Slayton versus Minnesota. Last week, we both picked on Minnesota, uh, taking Colts wide receivers in our starts. You had the better option last week in Pittman. I took Paris Campbell. Generally, we were correct to pick Colts wide receivers given the matchup. I mean, you know, they did put, what, 36 points on the board in that game. So uh, I'm going to stick with the Vikings matchup this week. Even though I'm a little scared of taking a wide receiver that's being thrown to by Danny Nichols, as I call him, because he really isn't worth a dime. So uh, that's that's kind of my little nickname for him. Slayton, however, has 38 targets over the last six weeks, which is the most on the Giants uh, team. He's their deep threat for the most part, which is where the Vikings tend to struggle the most. I know that 
you got Pittman. I think Pittman had like six yards per catch or something like that last week, which was a little nuts, but you know, not really a deep threat, but generally the Vikings tend to give up big plays, which is why their defense uh, struggles the way that it does. I do think that Slayton could get deep, could, you know, break one for, for a touchdown in this one. I, I do see there being some points scored in this game. I know giants defense is pretty tough and their offense has struggled. So, you know, it could, it could be a little bit more of a defensive struggle, but uh, I think that Minnesota's offense is going to do enough to make the Giants have to throw the ball a little bit more than they're comfortable with, and that means a little bit more targets for Slayton and against a Minnesota defense that basically gives up the most yards, the most yards per attempt, and the fourth most yards per completion. I think Slayton will get enough work to be a pretty stable flex option for you this week against Minnesota. Oh, I hope you're wrong. I hope you're wrong. I <laughs> hope I'm right. Actually, I know I'm right. I'm so right. I'm left, actually, when it comes to this call. Uh, I'm looking at you, Drake London of the Atlanta Falcons versus the Baltimore Ravens, uh, who are uh, not really good at, at keeping wide receivers, I guess you could say, out of the end zone or, or, or lack of production overall. He's had some pretty decent games so far this season. Uh, you know, as a, as a rookie, you know, you're always going to kind of say, hey, you know, let's see what happens. He's a rookie. Linked up pretty well with rookie quarterback Desmond Ritter this week. Ritter did not have a lights-out game. They had a tough matchup against the Saints. They ended up losing that game. Seven catches on 11 targets for 70 yards. No touchdowns. That was obviously a little bit of a factor there. But you're, you're really seeing a player of this caliber that was drafted, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he was the first wide receiver taken off the board. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're seeing a guy like this who is really just – going to become probably one of the better wide receivers in the league when you get consistent quarterback play, you know, uh, offensive line and and everything else factors in, you know, where we saw Kyle Pitts disappear this season. I think London had a lot to do with that. And again, he's had some choppy games through the season, but coming out of a bye and you had a very nice matchup uh, again, a tough matchup against New Orleans. He did lose a fumble in the game and that's his second of the season. So hopefully that's not a, a thing to come, but uh, again, a nice young up-and-coming player with a great matchup this week for a team that is still, yes, fighting for a playoff spot. Desmond Ritter hopefully hooks up again with Drake London this week and, and maybe builds on his first game. I like Drake London. I think he's going to be a top-10 wide receiver this week in fantasy football. Yeah, I think Ritter looked for him pretty much exclusively in that game. So uh, if he's back there again this week, which it seems like he will be, obviously, yeah, uh, next most right targeted guy was three. Uh, Olamide Zacchaeus and Michael Pruitt uh, and Corderell Patterson. So, yeah, you know, you had a couple guys, but three guys couldn't even combine to beat the amount of targets he saw. All right, let's move on to the tight end position. I am going to go with Chigosium Okonkwo this week, uh, affectionately known as, yeah, right, versus the Houston Texans. Uh, Chiggy, as he's known. Uh, around the league has sort of come out of nowhere recent weeks and put up three straight double digit PPR games. He's finished as the tight end eight, three and 14 in those weeks. He's also second on the team in targets during that three game span, averaging a little over five targets per game. Now this isn't necessarily a high flying offense that throws the ball around a ton, but that actually kind of works out in a favor because the Titans run the ball more than they pass. Their tight ends play a lot more snaps than tight ends on most other teams. You see a lot more two and three tight end sets from the Tennessee Titans than you do from a lot of other teams, 
which also means that when they go play action or when they, you know, get into those run looks and then drop back and throw the ball, there's a lot more tight ends out in routes. Coming into this season, I really liked Austin Hooper because I kind of thought he would be the tight end of choice in this offense. But lately, the athletic freak that is Chiggy Okonkwo has been the go-to guy at the tight end position for Tennessee. And as bad as Houston is versus the tight end position over the last six weeks, he should see plenty of action in this game. With one caveat, I will say that if Ryan Tannehill doesn't play, I am not playing a Conquo with Malik Willis at quarterback. So uh, I am reserving the right to switch out of this one to one of my other flex options that I will name here uh, after you go. But in the games that Malik Willis has started for the Titans, they're only averaging 13 pass attempts per game. So if Willis is in there, not really feeling any of the pass catching options for Tennessee, especially against Houston, who is terrible against the running back. Derrick Henry's probably going to have 200 yards and three touchdowns in this game. <laughs> but uh, if Tannehill plays, I think they will go to the play action pass just to, you know, sort of keep Houston's defense honest. And I think uh, Akonkwo could finish the game with six, seven targets. And, you know, he's pretty much catching everything that's thrown to him. I think in the last three games, he's got uh, 16 targets and 14 receptions. So really a guy who catches everything and then has the ability to to do something with it after the catch given the opportunity. And I think he will get that opportunity versus the Texans this week. So depending on quarterback, you may or may not be getting chicky with it. I understand. <laughs> I was waiting like five Will, minutes for that. Only if Will Smith is uh, at the game. Well, yeah, careful. Watch. Make sure it doesn't slap you. I'll be talking about Jada. Um, speaking of uh, tight end, and I just switched this out uh, as, as I just kind of I had someone penciled in and I kind of was like, yeah, yeah, I like the matchup, but I, I like this matchup more. And I really just, I'm just going to take the low hanging fruit and <laughs> eat as much as I can until I get the green apple splatters. I want me some Kate Otten in that matchup with Tom terrific. Yes. Kate Otten against those Arizona Cardinals. I am stealing points from you, Pat, because <laughs> guess what? We've known for a few years that Arizona Cardinals, they cannot cover the tight end. Uh, they haven't been able to do it all season. Uh, they haven't been able to do it the last four weeks. They haven't been able to do it the last two weeks. They just cannot cover this position. Kate Otten has been a very nice young player. Started the season injured. Cameron Brait was supposed to be the starter. You still had some question marks there at the tight end position, but was drafted to become, a, a I guess, a more heir apparent, whatever you want to call it, and has really had some very nice games. Uh, this one most recently was a quieter affair for him. It was a a 20-yard reception, but has shown the effectiveness and has shown that Tom Brady is, you know, willing to give him a little bit of love when it comes to, uh, you know, targeting. There's no Gronk there anymore. Obviously, we know he is he's retired. He did not come out. He didn't come to, to play with Tom this year. So it's been Cameron Brate. It's been Kate Otten. Brate has been productive a little bit when he's been healthy, but he didn't outdo anything. He was two catches, four targets, 25 yards yesterday. Otten caught his lone target for 20 yards for a team that cannot cover the position while you might say, Hey, I'm going to go with the, the tight end one. I'm going to take the younger, sexier option of Kate on. And I, I have him in some of my leagues when I was able to draft him because to me, overall, he has really been a solid player to the tune of 51 targets on the season as a rookie. And some of that has actually been, you know, again, based off the break injuries, but at the end of the day, and I know that's always uh 
always used a lot when when you really look at the team overall for targets. Evans, Godwin, Leonard Fournette, Kate Otten uh, is just behind Russell Gage by four targets for fifth overall on a team that has Tom Brady a quarterback. Kate Otten, top three tight end, book it against Arizona this week. That's definitely an option. I'll give you that. Uh, <laughs> let's go on to our defenses. Let's stick in that same game. Uh, I'm going to start the Buccaneers defense versus the Arizona Cardinals as well. The Bucks defense showed up for about 33 minutes on Sunday holding a very potent Cincinnati Bengals offense to just three points first half. Uh, but then the Cardinals, they don't have Joe Burrow. Instead, they'll be going with either Colt McCoy or Trace McSorley at quarterback. And even when they had Kyler Murray at, at QB, Arizona's offense wasn't the unstoppable force that you might think it would be, not including their last two games, which were either mostly or completely without Murray. The Cardinals averaged under 19 points a game. And that number has actually dropped to 14 points per game over the last two weeks. Now, the Bucks defense isn't what it used to be, uh, you know, a few years ago when they made that playoff and Super Bowl run, or even as good as it was last year for that matter. But they are good enough to beat a struggling Arizona team who's, like I said, going to be playing at the very least a backup quarterback and uh, not really a, you know, a, a tried and true starter in this league. So, and, and to be honest, Carlton Davis really showed up against Jamar Chase in that game uh, versus the Bengals. I know that Chase ended up with a touchdown in that one, but he wasn't being covered by Davis on that play. And, uh, you know, I think Tampa Bay is starting to realize, like, you know, we need to get our stuff together here in order to, uh, you know, kind of keep this potential playoff run going and, and start playing better football as they, you know, start making their way towards the playoffs. Before you give your defense, though, I just wanted to, I completely forgot to give my tight end streaming options if Aconquo is out. So I will take one of these players if uh, if Aconquo is, I mean, excuse me, if Tannehill does not play. Uh, I also like Tyler Conklin versus Jacksonville. I actually had Cameron Bray in there as a streaming option versus Arizona. And also Jordan Akins versus Tennessee, who is very good against the run, but struggles to defend the pass. So if Aconquo is out, you know what? I will make it an even swap in that game. If Aconquo is out, I will take Jordan Akins in that same game. So we, now we know. Why do I keep saying if Aconquo is out? If Tannehill is out, I will take Jordan Akins for the Texans in that game. Now you can do your defense. Oh, geez. Gee, thanks, boss. Appreciate it. Um, <laughs> you want me to do it for you? No, oh, thank okay. you. Thank you. No, and, and Aikens was the guy I had penciled in before I switched out and just for. So oh, take- that's going to be so good if I end up having to switch and <laughs> smoking you with Aikens. It's like three touchdowns. You're going to yeah. love it. Not going to happen, buddy. Yes, finally, my defensive start of the week is going to be the New Orleans Saints against the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland has not looked too good so far under the direction of one Deshaun Watson on offense. Did win this week, yes, uh, against the Ravens. He just had an okay game. This was one of those beat-up, knockdown, drag-out AFC North battles. uh, But 18 for 28, 161 and a touchdown. Yeah, he gets the quarterback win. But really, you know, it's always with that team, it's always on the back of the backs. Uh, Nick Chubb was just a yard shy of 100 yards. They controlled the football. Baltimore turned it over. Oh, gosh. Let's see. 
they turned it over, four fumbles in the game, you know, everything that, that could have been a bad deal. Tyler Huntley in a quarterback, uh, he threw an interception. Yeah, it's not even it's not even close. They, you know, Baltimore tried their their hardest, and I see where J.K. Dobbins did help me get my start of the week at running back in there. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, at the end of the day, I just I kind of like the matchup because the Saints are playing for something, and Cleveland is not. Cleveland, yeah, six and eight, you could say they're in playoff contention, but this doesn't look like a playoff team or a playoff roster, so to speak. I, I really feel like the Saints are going to do their damage. They have a very good defense against the passing game. They're actually one of the best in the league at holding teams under 200 yards passing a game. And, you know, they, they had a nice game this week against Atlanta, albeit a rookie quarterback. But Deshaun Watson was able to knock a tiny bit of rust off, but I don't see him doing it this week against that Saints defense. Saints, to me, are probably going to be a top 10 overall. All right, let's move right into our sits. We, uh, we got a little wordy there for a little while. So actually, before we do that, couple other streaming options for you at the defense position if the Saints and Bucks are not available to you. Uh, I do like uh, Atlanta in that game versus Baltimore. Baltimore really struggled last week versus Cleveland, and uh, Atlanta's defense has been getting better, uh, especially against the pass. The Chargers versus Indianapolis. I know Indy just put up a ton of points on Minnesota, but the Chargers are a much better pass defense than the Minnesota Vikings. And with Jonathan Taylor being out, I don't see Indianapolis being able to run the ball a ton. I also like Jacksonville versus the Jets. If Zach Wilson plays in that game, Zach Wilson did have a good game this past week, but a couple of turnovers like he always does. And uh, I like that if I'm playing a fantasy defense, I want uh, to play against a quarterback, especially who turns the ball over. So if Wilson is in and Mike White is still you know, out with his, his injured ribs, then I am all in on Jacksonville this week. All right, and that's moving on to our sits of the week. At quarterback, I am going to go with Derek Carr versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I talked a little bit last week about how Pittsburgh's defensive numbers on the season are misleading. And looking at the matchup rankings on fantasy apps, Derek Carr looks like a good start. But don't be fooled. Over the last six weeks, the Steelers are 4-2. and two. They've given up 20 points in an actual game just one time. And they're also the second toughest matchup versus quarterbacks during that six-week stretch, allowing under 12 fantasy points per game to the quarterback position. This defense is better than the season-long stats suggest. And the Raiders' offense has kind of been struggling recently. Since week eight, the Raiders have only put up 24 points in the game twice and were completely shut out once by the Saints uh, back in, I believe that was week eight, I'm, I'm, I have Devontae Adams in one of my leagues, in the, in the one league that I would really like to win. So I kind of hope that I'm wrong on this one. But I don't see a lot of scoring really in this you know, 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception game as it's being billed. Uh, I mean, it probably won't be the 13-7 to 7 defensive slugfest that that game was. But let's just say this. If I were a betting man, which I am, uh, I like the under in this game, and it's only set at 39 and a half. So uh, I don't see a lot of scoring in this one, and I don't like uh, and I'm not interested in playing Derek Carr as a streaming option this week. Uh, going with a little hometown flavor. I, <laughs> I'm i going to say, you know what, Dakota Prescott, sit down, buddy. Uh, you're, not, you're not starting this week. Sorry. Uh, you threw three touchdowns and a loss. You also threw a – what could be just one of those things that eats away at you, that game-winning interception 
to those Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, you know, for a team that had won one, two, three, four straight and then lost a tough one. This was a trap game for both the Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys. You're looking at, uh, again, a matchup against Philly, which, you know, remains to be seen if Jalen Hurts plays. I get that. But the Philadelphia defense has been just relentless against the quarterback pretty much throughout the season. You know, it was a weird game yesterday in Chicago. Uh, it was very cold. You know, everybody talked about how cold it was. Justin Fields ripped off a big run, and, and you know, they definitely seem to have the Eagles a little bit on their heels. They were looking ahead to this game, too. I think that they are licking their chops, and they really want to show off how good they are against this Dallas Cowboys team. And one of the ways to beat them is to neutralize Dak Prescott, who has been, you know, he's been throwing the ball a ton. But just looking back, since week 12, he has thrown two, four, six, seven interceptions. Uh, I think the Eagles are one of the best teams in football at taking the ball away from opposing quarterbacks. I think that's going to happen. I think Jerry's going to be a little upset for Christmas Eve. Cole in the stocking. Thank you, Dakota Prescott. You're my sit of the week. Calling him Dakota, it makes me makes me giggle inside. It's like you're his father and you're scolding him. <laughs> uh, I am going to sit at the running back position. I'm going to sit Brian Robinson this week versus the 49ers. The 49ers, in my opinion, are the best all-around defense in the NFL. I mean, Denver makes a pretty compelling case, but the 49ers' ability to score on offense puts even that much more pressure on opposing offenses to score, and that in itself helps San Francisco by making their opponents a little bit more one-dimensional. San Francisco is the second toughest matchup for running backs, giving up just 13.1 PPR points per game to the position, and the commanders have two running backs to split that tiny number between. I think if San Francisco can keep their offense rolling with, as I'd like to call him Mr. Relevant now, Brock Purdy at quarterback, uh, I think it'll put a lot of pressure on Washington and take their run game away from them for a good portion of this game. I think, you know, if, if Washington's defense can play well and they can run the ball and, uh, you know, get some first downs early, I think that they have a shot, but I don't see that being the case. I think San Francisco is going to come out foot on the gas, score some points and force Washington to throw in which case you're going to see a lot more Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson has the ability to catch passes, but he's not really, you know, Gibson's the guy that comes in on third down. He's the guy that does the two minute drills. He's the primary pass catching back now that JD McKissick is gone for the season. So I can see Gibson having, you know, a halfway decent game due to his involvement in the passing game. But unless Washington can somehow get the ball down inside the five and actually be able to run it, getting Robinson some carries in the, in the, you know, near the goal line. I think he's going to most likely struggle this week to put up fantasy points. And, uh, you know, I do have him in, in our league of record where we are still playing for the toilet bowl. So, uh, him, him losing that touchdown in the game against the giants definitely, uh, you know, was a sore spot for me. I could have used <laughs> those six points for sure, but, uh, definitely not starting him this week in that league. We'll definitely find another option you know, whether it be waiver wire or another running back that I have on my bench, but uh, not really feeling Brian Robinson this week against a really good San Francisco 49ers defense. Smart play, Pat. Smart play. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, somebody who's been pretty decent over the last few weeks, but uh, you're going to have trouble this time around. Latavius Murray just put up 142 total yards, 24 carries, 130 yards, and a touchdown, one catch for 12 against those Arizona Cardinals. We talked about how poor their defense is. 
you get your next NFC West opponent, and it's the LA Rams. They are one of the best in the league against the running back position. Uh, you know, Aaron Donald being there, that defensive line really, really, really knows how to hold back opposing offenses when it comes to the run game. They've been beat up a little bit more so just because their offense isn't as good. Their defense has actually played decent. They came around after a tough start, but they are one of the best in football against the running back position. Denver is out of it. You know, they, they have nothing there, but I, I definitely think that Murray is unfortunately going to be a guy that can go from one of the highest highs to the lowest lows in two weeks. Uh, and I think he's probably going to be outside of the top 25 when it comes to running back. So Latavius Murray, take a seat, bud. Not this week against the Rams. Yeah, plus he's splitting work now with uh, Marlon Mack, which is weird to say. but uh, Return to the Mack. Yeah. All right, at the wide receiver position, I'm going to sit Brandon Ayuk in that same Washington-San Francisco game. This is actually one of the ones that I picked that I'm probably the shakiest of as far as my sits this week. I just talked about the Niners getting up in this one, and Ayuk could be one of the reasons why they're up. But Washington has actually done a really good job against opposing wide receivers over the last six weeks, giving up just 26.5 PPR points per game to the position as a whole. That's the fourth best during that stretch. Washington's quarterbacks have really elevated their play in recent weeks. And with no Debo Samuel again this week, the defensive backfield should be able to concentrate on stopping Ayuk while the front seven focuses on slowing down Christian McCaffrey. And with Washington's ineptitude on offense recently, combined with San Francisco's tough defense, there's a solid chance that Brock Purdy doesn't have to throw the ball very often. And we could see another you know, 23 attempt game from San Francisco like they had last week versus Tampa Bay. Don't think that they're going to need to throw the ball. And Washington has actually been pretty good at stopping teams from throwing the ball. So just not really feeling Ayuk this week. I think there's probably better options out there. But this will be the game that he goes, you know, eight for 140 and three touchdowns more than likely. (laughs) I hope so too. (laughs) Um I'm actually, yeah, last week, Michael Pittman was my start of the week. Uh, and he did have a, a decent game. Uh, again, it wasn't legendary, but, you know, he, he did okay. Uh, this week, it's a tough matchup. And I think coming off of that just crushing loss, uh, you know, that was that game against Minnesota, Michael Pittman against the Los Angeles Chargers, who are a top 10 defense against the wide receiver position. I uh, just don't see them really having too much don't see him having too much chance against that defense. Um, you know, we watched the Colts had so much to going on in that game and it was field goals and it was the defense and the offense was okay. But at the end of the day, I think that Matt Ryan effect, that, that aging veteran quarterback is just not going to be able to cut it and not be able to get the ball to Pittman. And I think they know now with Jonathan Taylor out, uh, if you key on one star like Pittman, it's really going to kind of neutralize that entire offense. So Michael Pittman, just don't see it happening this week, pal. You're you're going to be sitting on my bench. You're probably outside the top 25. Yeah, the Chargers had the same problem last year. They were really good against the pass, but couldn't stop the run. Uh, obviously, like you said, no Jonathan Taylor for Indianapolis to run with, but the Chargers are still really good against the pass. All right, my sit of the week at tight end. I am going to go with Dawson Knox versus the Chicago Bears. I know it's hard to sit any Buffalo player at this point with how good Josh Allen has been. And this Bears team with Justin Fields at quarterback is a threat to put up points pretty much every, any given week. 
but the tight end position is one place where the Bears defense shines. They rank in the bottom half of the league, giving up fantasy points to every other position but the tight end, where they're actually fourth, giving up just 7.4 PPR fantasy points per game to tight ends over the last six weeks, and rank third overall in the season versus tight ends, uh, giving up just 8.2 PPR points per game. Now, I know the Bills' offense has been really good lately, and I know Knox is coming off of the best fantasy game of the season for him. But as fantasy managers, sometimes we get into the habit, and I know that I've done it even in our start sits. I get into the habit of chasing a good performance. You see something happen once. You think that it's going to happen again. I just think that the way Chicago plays defense, they just, for whatever reason, get beat on the outside and don't really get beat over the middle of the field. I don't know if that's linebackers, that's safeties, and you know, not really into the whole scheme of, of how they run their defense. But uh, I, I do think Buffalo is still going to score a ton in this game. I just don't think it's going to be through Dawson Knox. I think you're going to see a lot more uh, Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, you know, Isaiah McKenzie, stuff like that. A lot of running backs too. Chicago's really bad against running backs, so could see a uh, a good Devin Singletary game here as well. My tight end sit of the week is going to be David Njoku versus the New Orleans Saints. The Saints have one of the best linebacking cores in football, uh, and that's usually pretty good at covering that position. Uh, their defense overall is actually very, very good. Not the best maybe fantasy-wise, but when it comes to neutralizing a position. And that being said, the tight end position is an important one that, that can make or break it, and I don't see... I just don't see it happening. Again, they're about the fourth best team when it comes to stopping the tight end, giving up under four and a half points a game for the most part on PPR levels. That's not going to cut it to get you over the hump. Uh, And Joku's been one of the better tight ends throughout the season and battled a little bit of an injury. But overall, uh, you're going to be able to find a better option out there. And it's not going to be him. It's going to be uh, you know, your Jawan Johnsons, if they're still available and somebody dropped them, uh, a Tyler Conklin maybe. Um, you know, something along those lines. Tyler Higby, always worth a, a shot in the dark. You never know what you're going to get with him. Or, or my boy, Kate Otten, who might be out on the waiver wire. But David Njoku, sorry, buddy. You're riding the pine this week against those Saints. All right, for defense, my set of the week is going to be the Panthers versus the Detroit Lions. The Panthers are like the definition of matchup-based defenses. They put up fantasy points in matchups that they're supposed to and they don't in ones that they're not. This is one that they're not supposed to do so well in. The Detroit Lions are one of the hottest teams in football right now, and over the last six weeks, they are the number one worst matchup versus the defense special teams, giving up just 1.2 fantasy points per game. They're super talented on offense, and they're bad enough at defending the pass that they tend to play in a lot of high-scoring games. And that's not really a good thing for your defensive unit in fantasy football. The Lions have also been very good at not turning the ball over and at scoring in the red zone where they convert red zone trips to touchdowns over 70% of the time. That's third in the league behind only the Eagles and the Cowboys. Uh, These are not your father's Detroit Lions anymore. And I believe that they are going to mop the floor with Carolina this week in Carolina and uh, I do not like the Panthers' defense one bit. I would be uh, running away, screaming uh, if I had to play the Panthers' defense this week because I think Detroit is going to curb stomp them. Merry Christmas, people! Don't sugarcoat that. Yeah, 
kid-friendly show and all. Um, <laughs> all right, folks. And I'm going to finish out here. My defensive sit of the week, pretty straightforward for me. They are actually uh, the number one defense in fantasy football, but they're not going to look like it this week. Sit the New England Patriots. Uh, they got a very tough matchup against the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, they did just come off an 11-point showing against Las Vegas, albeit in that crazy finish, uh, crazy loss, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, they beat up on the bad teams. They struggle against the good teams. They lost to Buffalo. They only put up four points. They lost to Minnesota. They only put up two points. You're kind of looking at things that are kind of going that route. Uh, Miami, uh, four points. Baltimore with a high-octane offense, four points. This offense is one of the best in football, and they're going to show it. Should win the game outright, sure. Uh, it is, you know, the trip to Gillette can be a tough one, but I, I think that New England, unfortunately, they're gonna they're gonna fight, they're gonna claw, but their defense is not gonna get the points that you need to get you over the hump this week in fantasy football. So for one week, I hate to say it, uh, you definitely want to hang on to that. The Patriots, maybe for well, they got a tough tough down the stretch looking at it too. You got Cincinnati, you got Miami, you got Buffalo. Uh, I'm not saying drop them, but uh, but drop them. <laughs> <laughs> drop them, don't drop them. Yeah, no, um, no. But, I would absolutely drop them and hope that somebody else sees that they're ranked really high and picks them up and tries to play them against Buffalo or or Miami against you. I think that's an excellent strategy. A strategery. There it is. Yeah, all right. Exactly. So you heard it here, folks. Drop all Patriots. Pat just said it. All right. Done. Except Ramondre Stevenson. Now drop, now drop him. <laughs> Please. If you're in my league, actually, I have him yeah. in my league. Um, no, I do like that call. I think, uh, you know, Cincinnati, they showed what they can do in just a half uh, against the Tampa Bay Bucks this past week. So, uh, you know, if they're firing on all cylinders for a full game, it's definitely bad news for uh, any other defenses that they're playing against. All right, that is going to do it for our start sits this week. Hopefully, for the good of the podcast, Scott can make up some ground here and uh, you know actually make this a, a close match moving into the last couple of weeks of the season. Uh, but if not, I will happily take the win. Before we head out, we just want to thank Mickey's Portacall Pub in Tuckerton, New Jersey, for partnering with our show. If you're looking for a great place to watch the NFL on Sunday, Mickey's is it. Great food, drink specials, and all the football you can handle. Mickey's Pub, 327 East Main Street in Tuckerton, New Jersey, where friends and family meet. And before we head out, we just want to, again, thank you for listening and ask that you you know, click that little plus. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, there's a little plus up in the upper right-hand corner. Please click that for us. That follows the show, lets us know that uh, you're listening, that you like what we're doing, and gives us the ability to keep doing it. If you are on other platforms, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, any of that stuff, there is a follow, subscribe, or a little plus somewhere. Uh, wherever you're listening, just just give us a, a follow and help us out. And you know, like I said, that just kind of keeps us engaged, lets us know that people out there are listening, and and lets us know that you know what we're doing is is making a difference. Uh, if you would like to contact the show, you can do so at the nine route ffb at gmail.com. You can also check out our website where we have links to all of our episodes as well as links to contact us through social media, through email, all that good stuff. Our website is www.the9routeffb.com. Scott and I are also on the Twitter machine. Uh, I handle our podcast account, which is at the9route1. Scott has his own Twitter handle that he basically just drops funny memes uh, to pretty much anything that you can possibly think of. And he's pretty dead on uh, with pretty much all of them. So 
his account is at Scott from Delco. That's Scott from D-E-L-C-O. Give us a follow on social media. Again, uh, if you'd like to contact us, if you have any questions for the show or, or anything like that, feel free to, to shoot us a message on the, the Twitter gram. Scott, do you, uh, you have anything else before we head out for the week? Uh, just watching the, you know, uh, the, uh, the shark circling, um, you know, they're already what's up with, you know, job Gardner Minshew. Is he going to be able to fill in for Jalen hurts? I'm already <laughs> watching that. You know, I, I like how they say it's the biggest game of the year for the Eagles. It's actually not their biggest game of the year is going to be in like late uh, mid February. But, <laughs> um, you know, you guys can sit there and just try to spin that narrative. That's fine. Yeah. Cause they can lose. Please watch, please. Yeah, this is they, the big they can game lose for someone. Yep. They could lose uh, a couple games and still win the division and get the, the home advantage. Again, they just got to stay one game ahead of those Minnesota Vikings who again, got lucky as all heck there at, at the end, but Actually, uh, they only have to uh, they only have to tie the Vikings because they beat them head to head. So yeah. they don't even have to say a game ahead. I think uh, what are they? They're two games ahead with the head to head win in hand. I mean, the the number one seed is I don't want to you know knock on wood here. I don't want to say it's locked up, but I, I think the Cowboys have a better chance of taking the one seed than the Vikings do at this point because the Cowboys again if they happen to win this game, which I, I don't necessarily see happening whether Hurts plays or not. But if they do win this game, I think they have a bigger inside track because they'll have split the season series with Philadelphia. So probably a, a don't want to say the biggest game of the season for the Eagles, but uh, it, it definitely is one that if they win, I mean, if they win this game, they pretty much have the, the number one seed locked up almost, uh, you know, without without question. I, actually, I think that's I think if they win, they do have the number one seed locked up now that I think about it because they'll have beaten Dallas twice. They'll have beaten Minnesota head to head. So no one really can catch them. San Francisco, I think. But they did they beat San Francisco? Did they play San Francisco? San Fran's already got four losses. They have no shot. Oh, uh, that will Yeah. If the Eagles lose, they could end up with four if mm-hmm. they lose their last three. But I don't see that happening. But anyway, yeah, if they, you're right. Because if they win, like I said, if they win this game, then they'll have. Right, then they could. The most they could have would be three losses. Yeah, you're you're correct. I I apologize. My math was off. That's all good, man. We're still friends. Don't worry. It's that lower about township it. education. I can't help it. <laughs> hey, hey, your tax dollars at work, buddy. Don't worry <laughs> about it. Uh, but no, uh, all kidding aside, folks. Again, uh, we're we're in the holidays. It's here, uh, end of the year, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Festivus. Um, we thank everybody out there uh, that listens, subscribes, all our friends, fans, families. Uh, this is the time of year when it's really, uh, you know, just great to be alive. So uh, we appreciate you all. Uh, we are glad that we have been able to help you get to this point in the season. We got a, just a little bit more to go, and then we'll we'll do some off-season stuff. We'll, we'll get into that and, and start to build on year three. For Pat, I am Scott. Uh, folks, again, have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy Holiday Season. Peace.